104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. Last week we had a bye week, so we're all rested and ready back from the injury reserve. Joe Weston joined by Ned Reynolds. Ned, how are you on this fine Sunday? Doing just great, thank you. The sun's out, it's getting markedly warmer, I hope. And no snow around, so hey, and the Chiefs are about to play and win, so we're all set to go. And we are joined by two guys who are chomping, I mean, absolutely chomping at the bit to get to the second segment so they could talk about Alabama football, Stormy (laughs) Davis and Josh Roberts. Hi, guys. I didn't have breakfast this morning. That's my excuse. That's why I'm chomping. No, uh, (laughs) no, I'm doing good. It's a great day and looking forward to this great game. I think it's going to be more unexpected than people think. Oh, yeah, it's very exciting. Listen to you. Put all that effort in. Oh, yeah, it's very exciting. So let's talk about the playoffs so far. Uh, I think you would say that so far up to this point it's gone chalk, wouldn't you? It has with one exception, and that was the game last night uh, with the Buffalo Bills, at least as far as I'm concerned, Buffalo Bills and Baltimore Ravens. I expected a a really tight, well, it was, for that matter, a tight game, 17-3. to But I really thought that Baltimore would put on more of a, an offensive show. Fact of the matter is they were about to tie the game at 10-10 when Jackson threw that pick in the end zone that resulted in a 101-yard touchdown return. That was the ball game because Baltimore never recovered, and then Jackson gets knocked out with a concussion. It just was not the Baltimore Ravens team that I expected. Buffalo Bills, good team. I I'd hesitate to say they're a great team. I think if they play the Chiefs next Sunday in the championship game, I think Kansas City has their way with them pretty much like they did earlier this season. But that's all speculation. They are a better team now. And as far as the national conference, hey, the Green Bay Packers are head and shoulders above everybody else, in my opinion. They're playing very well. They beat a Rams team decisively yesterday that has a good defense and scored 32 points on them. I think that says something about Aaron Rodgers. It says something about their focus on attack. And I think it's an overall general picture. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they aren't the NFC uh, Super Bowl representative. Now, as far as today's game is concerned, you guys are looking for a close game. This old man is not. I'll tell you exactly why. You're, you're basing a lot of what you thought on last week's uh, put down of the Pittsburgh Steelers. These teams are in opposite directions. Cleveland's young and getting better. They are, they're going to be a force here in several years. They're not there yet. The Pittsburgh Steelers guys are on the way, D-O-W-N, and very quickly. They lost it after that 11-game winning streak to start out the season. They haven't been the same since. They've gone down. But having said that, here's Cleveland with a big lead. And Pittsburgh comes back and throws for over 500 yards, 501 as a matter of fact. Of course, they had to to get back into the game quickly, but 501 yards, 47 completions, and you did that with Ben Roethlisberger? What on earth is Patrick Mahomes going to do to a, a defensive backfield like that? I feel like that's spoken like a true Eagles fan. <laughs> Have I mentioned lately how much I hate Tom Brady? Oh, oh, we're we're going to get there right away. We'll First, there. let's check in with Ned because we've got a segment to take care of. It's Who's Hot in the NFL? It's brought to you by All Service Air Service. Well, the hot team right now certainly has to be the Green Bay Packers. They're playing very well. They're a top team. When they play either Tampa Bay or New Orleans next week, it'll be in Green Bay, and I certainly think the Packers have their way with either one of those teams. Which one gives them the better game? Don't know. 
Uh, both have their advantages. Tom Brady has the, well, both do. Brady and Breeze both have the quarterbacking experience. In all fairness, probably New Orleans has the better overall team, if that's going to be the case. But in terms of hot team, I like the Packers. Let's uh, talk about this for just a second. I, I got this sense, Stormy, when I talked to Chiefs fans this week, that they are hesitant about today's game, more so than if the Chiefs are playing the Steelers. Do you get that vibe? I do. Uh, the Browns, and it's not. I'm not just basing mine on last week's game over the Steelers. I've watched several of their games this season, and it's just a team that I feel has the talent to step up and surprise people. And if the Chiefs have been playing like they have been playing the last several games, they could get surprised in a really nasty way because we're in a position now, you get surprised here, you're, <laughs> there's no do-over. You're going home. Right. So this is going to be a much tougher game than I think a lot of people are, are calling on. I'm a little disappointed in Vegas with their line. I think it's a little high. Not astronomically high, but a little high. I expect the Chiefs to win, but also I'm not going to be surprised if the Browns pull out a surprise on us. What is the line right now? I believe it's still 10 points. Ten, I think it's yeah. 10 and a half. Yeah. 10 and a half. Uh, and I would I would put it down closer to a 7, just a one score uh, between the two. Josh, your thoughts? I have been one of the most critical people against the Browns for ever since Baker Mayfield got drafted. <laughs> <laughs> and this year, they finally kind of came together. They mm-hmm. gelled. They, they're playing good football. They are a dangerous team. And, and I, this all comes back to what we talk about every week. The Chiefs have enough talent to beat everyone, anyone, at any time. Whether or not they exhibit that talent today is the question. And I think if they do what they know they're capable of doing, and they will win. But the Browns are a good team. The Browns are here because they are playing hot football. And that's, you know, everybody knows once you get into the playoffs, the, the hotter teams usually come out, come out on top. So uh, it's going to be a good game. I don't think it'll be a blowout. I hope it's a blowout, Ned. I hope the Chiefs destroy them. But I feel like it'll probably be a close game. We've been expecting blowouts the last few weeks of the Chiefs' season, and we've not seen it. I don't think anybody in this room was surprised that the Chiefs lost the last game of the season because we haven't talked about that, that they lost to the Chargers. They were they're, you know, playing the B-team squad for out there, and, and those are talented guys. I'm not knocking them, but they're not Patrick Mahomes right. and Travis Kelsey and all those guys, so I don't think that was any surprise. Throw that one out. Doesn't yep. even make a bit of difference at all. Just throw it right out. The players weren't motivated in any case. The second, third team, whomever they might have been, not motivated to play. And you saw the regulars over on the sideline having a big time and smiling and laughing and carrying on and so forth. Sure, they would have liked to have won, but what difference does it make? I've... 14 and 2. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. This is not the Stormy Davis show. Thank you. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, this is an altogether different circumstance. The only thing that bothers me about Kansas City is the fact that they have not played a game. Practiced, but there's a big difference, and those pros know it very well, between playing a game and getting out. I expect them to have a little bit of rust at the start. Wouldn't be surprised to see Cleveland come off and, and score a couple of touchdowns and maybe take an early lead. The running game, Hunt and Chubb, hey, they're fine players. Baker Mayfield's a fine QB. Offensive line is good, not great. Defensive line <laughs> defensive line can be porous, in all honesty, and their defensive backfield is very average. I think Mahomes scores big in this game. All right, Stormy. Okay, I actually wasn't going to dispute you at all. (laughs) (laughs) But you and I have been doing this for 30 years, so I'm used to it. But 
Uh, I was going to say we put the Chargers game in the same bin as we put the Indi- the fourth Indiana Jones film. It's like it just didn't exist <laughs> to heck with it. Because, yeah, it, it was a game that had to be played, but in another aspect it did not necessarily have to be played. But like you said, they haven't been in game situation for a little too longer, and that's another thing I personally as former in that side of things don't like. But Three weeks now. Yeah, you always worry about that. You always worry about rust because mm-hmm. they haven't been at, at full speed. They haven't been at game speed. They haven't had to have that motivation to to win those games. And, yeah, I mean, I think they'll be a little rusty when they come out too. I want to get all of your impression. First of all, let me say you're listening to Ned Talk. I'm on a 4.7 The Cave. We are your local live sports talk show, the Chiefs talk show, more or less. I want to get your impression, Ned, about, I don't know if you got a chance to actually listen to it on Friday. Mike got to talk to Mitch Holtis. Mm -hmm. And one of the guys on ESPN compared the Chiefs to uh, the father and every other team in the NFL as the son. You want to give your kid encouragement when you play them in sports, but you, in the end, you're going to win the game, and you know you can win the game because you're so much bigger and better, more talented than your son at that time. Mitch Holtis bristled at that notion. He said he he resented that idea and that he felt that the Chiefs were getting everybody's best game. What's your take? I I fully agree with Mitch's comment. No, I don't view that in the the initial suggestion that you made because this is a fairly young Chiefs team. Uh, no, it's not a bunch of veterans looking to put down their kids. No, I think what they have is a lot of commonality with themselves. I think they play very well within themselves. I think they're very confident Uh, Not cocky, but confident. But I also think it's a team that probably needs some motivation into every game they have. Now, that is up to Andy Reid and Enemy and the coaching staff and to uh, get your guys ready to play. Well, these are pros. They know what it takes to get ready to play. I think they have, you know, one of the uh, uh, complaints about the Chiefs has been they played down to their level. I don't think that's a complaint. I think that's a reality. They have played to their level, not intentionally, but because of the fact that the challenge really hasn't been there. And they've resorted to perhaps testing their game, so to speak. But when it comes out to the final episode and what's going to happen, you watch what this team does because they have an awful lot of ability and I'll just be very surprised if they're not in the Super Bowl and don't win the Super Bowl again. Stormy, your take on all that. I heard the interview that Mike did with him, and I understand exactly why Mitch got so frustrated about it. But I also will have to disagree with him a little bit that I don't think that we have been getting the Chiefs' best games the last several games. I think there was a lot more uh, that could be done. I think uh, I don't. I think there's a possibility that there's some mindset with certain people that, oh, we're this good, we don't have to worry, we're going to win the games, blah, 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 we got too much talent. The problem with that is, is if you have too many people thinking that during the same game, they're going to be expecting someone else to step up, that person does not, and the next thing you know, you're going to be handed a loss. But I do understand why Mitch uh, got bristled at that, because I would have too. It was it was high, very, oh, very overt in its commentary about the team. I just, I think it was... Poorly spoken on their part. Well, I think the implication that a team would sandbag for other teams is kind of crazy. I mean, these are professional athletes. Mm-hmm. They're paid to win. I think that the I, – I agree with what Ned's saying in the sense that I think the Chiefs have so much talent and they know how to win that they often 
will explore other avenues of their offense to see if it's going to work. And I think that is what brings them down to the level of their opponent a lot of the time. I think if the Chiefs take the just totally you know, take the leash off for the playoffs, I think they're capable of scoring 50 points on everybody. Absolutely. I think what scares me the most about the Chiefs is they came in the season not playing any preseason games. They looked incredibly sharp. I mean, they looked, there was no rust on this team at all. They went in to the season like they just played the Super Bowl two weeks ago. Yeah. Towards the end of the season, the offense is what scares me. It has not looked very good. It is just, it has not been in sync. And as you hit this time of year, it's not a switch. Mm-mm. If you play that way for a certain amount of time, that becomes habit mm-hmm. rather than what you actually are. And that's what frightens me about today's game is the habit. Your uh, suggestion is a very good one, Joe, in terms of how the season started. But I'm going to offer a comparison here. When the Chiefs started the season, no, there were no exhibition games. Of course, they had practiced for quite a while, as had every other team. But the fact of the matter is that when this team practiced, it was the same team that won the Super Bowl last year with all the others, there were significant changes in how that team, how those teams played. And we'll use Baltimore and Buffalo as, as key examples here, just though, not just those two, but any of them. Those teams were the ones that were probably rusty at the start of the season and not the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs were all set to play and probably didn't need any exhibition games at all and didn't have any, as it turned out. I think probably they were together and ready and motivated, and it showed at the very start. But... The other, the league may have incrementally caught up a little bit with some of the teams, but certainly not enough. This is, guys, this is an awfully good football team. Oh, yeah, it is. I'm not, there's no debate about that. I'm just, we've said all season long that the only team that's going to beat the Chiefs, Chiefs. Yeah. Yep. And and that's, that's a concern because there's a couple of these games. And and I say that maybe I'm being hypercritical here because when I look at, we've got a schedule posted to our board, taped to our board here. The teams that they played over the last let's let's go last seven games. Okay, they played the Raiders. That was a very good game. Raiders mm-hmm. played them tough earlier in the season. Really, the only team to beat them. They played the Buccaneers. They really took the Buccaneers apart. They let them get back in towards the end. Broncos played them tough. Dolphins. I felt like they should have beat the Dolphins more than what mm-hmm. they did. That game got a little close at the end. Saints. They were in control of that game. It really is the Falcons game is the one where I feel like that's the one. And, and again, when I, you know, I'm with everybody. I felt like the Chiefs have not played that well the last few weeks. But when you look at the schedule and you think about those games, they won all those games. And most of those games, they were in complete control. And, Joe, yeah. look what they did in that Falcons game. They fell behind 14 to 10. Yeah. And what did they immediately do upon falling behind? Regain the lead again in a snap of the fingers. Yeah. That's what they can do. Well, we saw it in the Super Bowl last year. We talked all season long that they just needed really basically a quarter to beat you. Mm-hmm. And in the Super Bowl, they needed six minutes, six to seven minutes to beat the, to beat 49ers, whoever they played. <laughs> yeah, whoever <laughs> it really doesn't even matter. And you know what? That That's a, a difference between last year and this year, too. Last year, they had multiple games where they got behind and then came back. They haven't really had to do that this year, which is either a testament to them – getting a bigger lead to begin with or just, you know, not getting themselves in that position, you know. So, I don't know. I mean, they were, they were behind in the playoffs last year to Houston 24 to nothing. 
it really should have been 28 to nothing, and Houston mm-hmm. disdained a touchdown that went for a field goal. Bingo! That was the key right there because that's all the Chiefs needed. There's a psychological difference as well as a numerical one between being down by four touchdowns and then maybe three and a half. And the Kansas City Ball Club back then knew they could do it. They know they can do it now as well. Let me ask you this, Ned. I, thinking about what we were just talking about, is, it, is the expectation level for the Chiefs higher than other teams? Well, yeah, because they're the Super Bowl champions. Well, I mean, but but in watching what they've done in some games over the last three years, I mean, they played amazing football over the last three years. It's probably one of the best three-year spans I've ever seen in the NFL. Are fans, you know, like a little maybe jaded by that or? or... Oh, spoiled, you mean? Yeah. Um, um, no, not yet. I think if it ever <laughs> got to the system of the or situation where the New England Patriots type of dominance occurred, that might be a different story. But no, I don't, I don't see any jading. The Chiefs fans are very loyal. They are there. The National Football League fans are loyal. They'd love to see Kansas City beaten because the nature of our country is you want the champion to get knocked off. I don't know why that exists, but indeed that is the, the thought process of many. Uh, but in this case, no, I don't think it's uh, jaded at all. Hmm. We're about 40 minutes away from the beginning of the pregame show with Mitch Holtis, Stan Israel, and the crew. Stick around for that. More Ned Talk on the way next. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Working with three guys who don't understand how microphones work. Always a, always a pleasure and a thrill. Joe Weston with Ned Brittles, Stormy Davis, Josh Roberts. We are doing Ned Talk, getting set for the Chiefs and the Browns. That is coming up later on this afternoon, right here in 104.7 The Cave. I guess if we have to, we have to uh, talk about college football. (laughs) And we have a segment for this. It's What's Brewing in College Football. It's brought to you by Arctic Food Equipment. Something happened on Monday. They played like a game that lasted 17 hours or something like that. It was uh, certainly a dynamic performance by the tie. There, <laughs> there, nothing. I don't know whether you guys have ever seen the uh, show on TV, uh, NCIS New Orleans. Oh yeah. The uh, one of the agents on there is Christopher. Uh-huh. Christopher, one of his favorite slogans when everything has been signed: "Roll Tide." <laughs> roll Tide, roll. Uh, he is uh, well. The, the the whole team is just so outstanding. Uh, this I told these guys earlier that in my opinion there is no such thing as quantifying a team as the very best ever. That you just can't do it because the eras have changed. And Yankees the st- uh, type of football. <laughs> well, and Oklahoma back in the 1950s holds a record for 47 straight wins before Notre Dame finally ended that one. But the style of football is so much different now. Uh, but certainly, Alabama's national championship team is one of the best ever. Their speed, overwhelming, and that's what wins for them. They may not be the greatest of all defensive teams, but they're certainly good enough to get the wins, and that they did. I was very impressed with them. You guys want to talk about Alabama, or you just want to sit here and stare at each I other? I can talk Lovingly. about Alabama forever. I mean, <laughs> this was an amazing season, and especially because they had a lot of players graduate to the NFL last year. So there was a question coming up this season about how they would reload. And Mac Jones, this was his first year as a starter. 
and they went undefeated and won the national championship. And his fourth year with the team. Right. He has his master's degree. That's how long he's been there, and that is one of the major aspects of Alabama football in that Nick Saban brings in these, te- these kids who he has recruited or told the scouts to recruit who certainly exhibit the very type of football that he wants and the type of dedication. Right. Now, you're taking a gamble when you look at a high school kid. Does he, is he dedicated enough? But these guys, for the most part, are. That's why they stay around, because they're playing with a championship team. They're going to get their opportunity, maybe not as a freshman, maybe not as a sophomore, in Mac Jones' case, as a senior. Right. But the fact is that he has the mental image and has instilled in the public that uh, level of dedication that is so impressive and he gets the kids he wants. How long was that game? I mean, I, I turned over to look at a, to watch a little bit of it, and it was, uh, you know, it was like 10.30, and they were just the beginning of the third quarter. It like, started at 7.15, but keep in mind now, the, when you have that national championship game, TV has dictated there are a lot of breaks, yeah. a lot of them, and that's what I think drags it out. Yeah. Well, just like the Super Bowl. I mean, the Super Bowl takes forever to play. I mean, they start the thing. Super Bowl, I think, kicks off about 5.30, somewhere around there. And by 9.15 or 9.20, if they haven't showered the confetti, they're still playing a little bit of football. Yeah, it's, it's long. And the same reason. You've got to make your money mm-hmm. somewhere. Ohio State wasn't in the game at all. No. It was pretty much one-sided all the way through. No, and this, I was telling Ned this – this was the first year I've been an Alabama fan since 1984, and this was the first year that I didn't. That's where things went wrong. Yeah, that, that I didn't <laughs> ever cuss at the TV. Yeah, because no game that I watched this season felt like they were in jeopardy of losing. As and the national championship was the same. I did not feel even when it was 14-14, I did not feel like Alabama was going to lose that game just because they were so talented this year and they had the capacity to score at will. I'll tell you where it came to an end to Josh for Ohio State. The score was 21-14 Alabama, and Ohio State did penetrate deep into Alabama territory and got stopped on a fourth and I remember exactly what it was, fourth and two or fourth and three, went for the field goal and made the field goal. And that's like throwing blood in the water to the Sharks right. because that's all they needed. Alabama had the advantage, and bingo, they were going to build on it and I think scored every time downfield after yeah. that. Yeah, they did. Boy. They're tough. Stormy, your thoughts in the game? Well, like Josh said, and this was the discussion before the show, I I never lost confidence one time in the game. It was just a one of those things that uh, I'm just I was just sitting there going, "No, Alabama's going to win this. It's, this isn't really arguable. You'll have you'll have setbacks, and the other team will play up to par for a national championship games a lot of times, and so they're going to play you as hard as they possibly can because they have nothing to lose. They're up against an undefeated team." So they're going to pull out all the stops and go hard, and so. But even then, I saw the determination there. But I was like, they don't have it. Bama's going to go. Fingers crossed. Things are normal next year, and we have a normal college football season. Who plays Alabama in the national championship game next year? Well, we're going to assume that it will be a four-team playoff because I think there's a lot of noise, and rightfully so, being made for eight teams, six to eight, and and it should be. I heard and then here I read one columnist with the most inane piece of observation I have ever seen, ever. It had to be some kid who didn't know what the hell was going on. But he wrote a story how Alabama's dominance is bad for football, and uh, they need to redo the scholarships and so forth and so on. No, what what kind of insane thought is that? What kind of, well, we'll give a second place and third place and fourth place and fifth place trophy to these people. 
People, you win or you don't win. Simple matter of that. All right. Let me ask you this Here, quickly. Let me, let me extend, enhance a little bit. The way you solve this is by giving other teams a circumstance in which they can win, and that is an eight-team playoff. Yep. yep. Do you believe in the salary cap for baseball? In yes, I do. Oh, and and just, there, you just argued against yourself then. Well, no, the salary cap is called a luxury tax in baseball, and what it does is penalize teams that quite obviously, from a financial standpoint, have the overwhelming advantage. In football, you don't have that. Every team has 85 scholarships. In baseball, you have hundreds of millions of dollars to the bigger cities, the New York, the Chicago, the Los Angeles. And yes, that is a tangible and probably unrelenting level of dominance. No, I'm not <laughs> writing about anything. I don't give a damn one way or the other. So I, I hey. want Alabama to win the national Well, there's money, t- the money though, too. I mean, in college football, you can't say that, the, that money doesn't play, even though they're the same amount of scholarships, money unlevels that playing field. Uh, explain to me how. Well, just like there's a kid who's a super talent, and the Bears go to him, say the, the Bears aren't Division One, but the Bears go to them and, and say, hey, we've got the same amount of scholarships as Alabama. Well, they're going to go to Alabama. There's the SEC network there. There's more opportunities to be seen. It's all, it, it, period. Sports is about money. Whether well, it's at Division the college one level. teams or, can make that argument because they all are allowed 85 scholarships. They, it, that's an equal playing ground. But it, it, the fact that you have achieved and gotten this kind of national publicity and you get money coming in from those from the TV. That didn't go to the players. It does on their what cost of attendance, it but does, it, it doesn't really go to the players. That, guys, you're getting into you're getting into circumstances that have to be proven before that happens. No, I disagree, Joe. Disagree. Well, I where I'm going to argue with you on that about is the fact that it does go to players, whether they realize it or not. I'm not saying that it, that they're getting a check or they're getting more money in their stipends or whatever, but. Just the facilities, the facts that they get to be seen, all of that stuff. You're making the same. You're making the opposite argument with. No, this isn't that the nature of America. You're wrong. No, I'm not. <laughs> the nature of America is a free enterprise, and the best continues to get best and continues to strive to get best. It doesn't mean you penalize them, though. I don't want to hear you complain about the Yankees, though, ever. Well, I'm not complaining about them. I just hope they lose. Oh. <laughs> so who do you see the biggest contenders for next season against the Tide? Oh, boy. Well, I think Clemson will come back still pretty strong. I don't know if they'll be as strong as they were this year. Uh, of course, with the quarterback, they was just arguably one of the best that the game will ever see in that level. Um, but if nothing else, they're always strong in that category with them just because of a rivalry and so you'd be amazed how that how much that can motivate teams especially when they did not make it this year josh what do you think you made a trevor lawrence face well, there i'm not like trevor a, lawrence fan he's got beautiful hair he didn't say i was a hair. fan <laughs> he's got he beautiful, beautiful hair we'll see how he does in the nfl uh i i will say unfortunately for college football fans it's going to be the meet the new boss same as the old boss next year you're going to have the, whoever the Big Ten champion is, which will be Ohio State because nobody else is worth a crap there. Notre Dame will be in the mix even though they don't deserve it. Clemson will be up there because Dabo Sweeney is a great coach. And Alabama's always up there. So the problem is you've got other teams. Like Texas A&M deserved a shot this mm-hmm. year. Yep. Yes. Uh, but because they didn't even play in the SEC championship, they didn't get a shot. The 
the SEC has a lot of good teams. And I know I'm going to sound biased because I'm an Alabama fan, but there are teams in the SEC that could win any other conference championship if they were in a different conference. And there are teams mm-hmm. in the SEC that would lose in any other conference that they're in, too. Exactly. So, true. So, exactly. Real quickly, Nick Saban, greatest, in a, greatest college coach ever. No, again, one that you can't quantify because there are so many. Let's get your opinion, though. One of them. One of them, yes. Of this era, definitely. Yes. No. <laughs> All right, just answer that question. We're getting about uh, 24 minutes away from the beginning of the pregame show. We'll talk less about Alabama and more about the Chiefs on the way next on Ned Talk. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. I'm nervous. I'm sitting here shaking. <laughs> I told you guys before when we were getting ready, I'm nervous about today's game. I just, I am. I've got Ned's, Ned's rock solid. He's stone cold, sitting straight forward, watching the TV. He's ready. I am, I'm nervous. Let's find out about the injury report. We get that from Stormy, and it's brought to you by Morrison, Webster, and Carlton. And coming to you from those smooth sounds of the horns coming back from the break. Um, <laughs> now, some of them that are uh, one we kind of knew about was Sammy Watkins and Willie Gay. They've, they've not practiced all week. Uh, of course, Willie Gay with the ankle, Sammy Watkins with the calf. But Clyde Edwards-Lair has been bumped up a little because now they're listing both an ankle and a hip as part of that injury. And uh, he had limited practice on Wednesday, but he did not practice on Thursday, so I pretty much knew that was done there. And then uh, Dion Yelder is the only other one that are definitely not going to see out there. But um, I th- I'm hoping that uh, we don't miss that offensive weapons out there and uh, we get a good win today out of it. On the Browns' side, is there much on their list, or uh, have you seen anything? Uh, on the Browns' list, I'm not seeing anybody except for uh, Steven Carlson, who did not practice yesterday. Uh, the rest of them were either full or limited, and then with limited practice, uh, I always hate to see that. Uh, but question, they've got uh, three questionables. Uh, David and jo- NJOKU. I'm not even going to try that one. <laughs> it's easy, easy for you to say. Thank you, guys. Uh, BJ Goodson and then, of course, uh, Jack Conklin, uh, all questionable. And uh, we'll get that definitive. If you got the Chiefs app, it'll come out to you, you know, here I see, soon. I also see on here that Mike Rimmer is the offensive tackle for the Chiefs' list is questionable. He has the uh, the back problems that have been nagging all season long. He'll he'll probably be in there to play. One of the differences here is the, the Browns' injuries and uh, limitations are on their offensive line, and that does not help. But having said that, the rushers last week, Hunt and uh, Kareem, uh, Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb were yeah. utterly outstanding against a Pittsburgh team that was not ready to play. We'll go Do at it from there. We'll see what happens. Sammy Watkins is the one that really concerns me because he's a big-game player. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, now keep in mind now, not having Edward Solaire, now he was, what, taken out in the third period of the New Orleans game, the next to yeah. last game. So he missed that one, missed, of course, the final game and has been out. But his contributions from a rushing standpoint have been certainly significant for Kansas City. Now you get Darwin Thompson in there who ran well in that final game of the season. You have other individuals. I wouldn't put a whole lot of credence in Le'Veon Bell because he has passed his prime. 
And this will be a Cleveland defense that will be looking to stop him if, in fact, there is too much rushing. But the Cleveland defensive backfield guys is porous. They're going to have problems stopping Mahomes. I am, as I said, I'm just, I'm just concerned about this. I'm just worried. I know you're, you're, you're good with it, but I'm, I'm not. I'm worried. To me, the Clyde Edwards layer doesn't bother me as much because he's still a rookie, so he's not really sewn into the fabric like some other players have been for multiple seasons. And I think they'll, they'll work around that uh, for the being a rookie. But uh, I think, I think, I'm hoping that we do see some good things uh, out of the rest of the team, including maybe a little bit past his prime. But I've seen him starting to adjust. And making small changes in that realizing he's past his prime, so he needs to do this different, needs to do that different. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. Yep. Josh, what, what concerns you about the uh, injury list that we have for the day? Well, I feel like if, I, I think the Chiefs are going to struggle with the running game a little bit with Edwards Hilaire out because he had 800 and a little over 800 yards for the season with missing the games that he missed. So he was a pretty key factor in their running game. So, uh, they're going to have to do a lot of the short dink and dunk passing that, that they're good at. So, I mean, I think you could see Kelsey have a really spectacular game as usual. I mean, he's going to get his catches anyway. The official list come out there, Stormy? Yeah, the official list did come out. Sammy Watkins, Clyde Edwards-Lair, Rashad Fenton, Willie Gay, Martinez Rankin, Tim Ward, and Colleen Sanders for the Chiefs. So that's who's out pretty much kind of who we thought would be out. And uh, we wish them all in. Get well for the next one. Yeah, exactly. I'd like to have Watkins back for some of these games. Yeah. Josh, let's uh, head to you for our fantasy pick of the week. Fantasy football is over, but what, who's your fantasy pick for the season? It's brought to you by Fazoli's, by the way. For the season. For the well, season. Man, I feel like the people that had uh, Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback for this season probably won a lot of games. Uh, I, I know that um, – Travis Kelsey generated a lot of points for a lot of people because he had over 100 catches, over 1,400 yards, and how many touchdowns did he have? Over 10 touchdowns mm-hmm. for the season. 11. So that's a lot of points there. Um, you know, a guy like Nick Chubb or uh, uh, Travis Henry generated a lot of points because they had a lot of, of rushing yards and touchdowns. As far as who's left – I know that, yeah, like you said, fantasy football is not going on anymore. But today in the Chiefs game, I think Nick Chubb's going to generate a lot of points for whoever. And I think Kelsey would be on the other side. And then tonight, it's quarterback versus quarterback uh, for the <laughs> New Orleans and Tampa Bay game. That's going to be a show. Let's yes. talk about that. The wheelchair bowl is happening this <laughs> evening between the Buccaneers and uh, the Saints. A lot of talk that if the uh, when the season's over, uh, Drew Brees will end his career. What do you think? Who's your who's your pick for that game, Ned? You have to go with New Orleans. It wouldn't bother me at all if Tampa Bay won the game, but really I think New Orleans has the best chance of standing up to Green Bay next Sunday in the championship game. So you go with them. The only thing that has me bothered about that game, and I use bothered only in the journalistic terms, is the fact that this is the third time they played. And New Orleans won the first two and the second one very easily in Tampa Bay. I think 38-10 to 10 or some, mm-hmm. some lopsided score like that. Playing a team for the third time, especially a Tom Brady veteran team like Tampa Bay is. Now, they have a lot of youngsters on the ball club, but they also have tried and proven veterans. And that has gotten them there with 11-5, and five, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. That, that is their final record. Uh, has gotten them a pretty doggone good turnout this year. 
But standing up to a team like New Orleans a third time, I, I just can't see Tom Brady's team winning this game. I do see New Orleans winning. I think it'll be a really good ball game. But I think uh, a Super Bowl right now, as of this date, is going to be Kansas City Green Bay. It'll be the sexy one. Let's put it that way because, you know, it's, what, 51 years now? It was no, 1967. Uh, so 54 City, years. Green I should Bay. know that. It's my birthday, too, so. Me and the Super Bowl came in the came in the same year. But nice. neither none of you guys remembers it. <laughs> Moi does. <laughs> that was my first year at KY three. As a matter of fact, I had joined the station about four weeks, three to four weeks after that Super Bowl game, and uh, driving out here and seeing all the the Kansas City memorabilia and the understanding of where the Chiefs were, even though they got beat thirty five ten in that first Super Bowl game, it was a whole lot more competitive in that first half than a lot of folks thought it was going to be. I remember the game very well because uh, dealing with the individuals with whom I dealt in the U.S. Navy at that time, we were all all sports fans. Boy, that's going to – you won't even get a fan within 100 miles of the Coliseum. They'll have 100,000 fans. They only drew 67,000 that day. Yeah, it not a sellout. Much yeah, less than no, a full house. Because it was uh, – you know, the NFL was the thing. The AFL was the also-ran. So now it's – they're together. And I did see a treatise today from one of the, oh, um, one of the uh, national sportscasters who does these games who said, in his opinion now, the pendulum has swung more toward the AFC as it has the NFC as the dominant league for the next few years. Uh, I think it's been that Safe way for play. a while. Safe it's, play. Been, it's been that way for a while, I actually think. So about 10 minutes away from the start of the pregame show, you're listening to Ned Talk. We'll be back with our picks in just a moment. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. You know, when we do this show, we always kind of gripe about ESPN. You know what's worse than ESPN? The Weather Channel. (laughs) We just saw scenes from Kansas City. It was sunny. They were out in the field throwing the ball around. Says on my Weather Channel thing right here, cloudy, 39 right now in KC. So uh, 40 today, but it should be nice weather conditions. Cold, I don't think, have any effect on the game whatsoever. The wind at 15 miles per hour, so the kickers shouldn't be in any sort of swirling bowl or anything to be concerned about. So it should be great weather conditions for today's game. So let's get our picks. Let's find out, Ned. Uh, we already know where you lean. You're picking the Chiefs, and you're picking them big. I am. Uh, the the Cleveland Browns defensive line, I think, is not going to be able to to stop anything that, Kansas, that uh, the Chiefs are doing on the running game, nor are they going to be able to stop Mahomes. Furthermore, their offensive line has some injury problems. Can they stop Big Chris Jones from getting in there? Now, there are two very good pass rushers on the Cleveland Browns team. Uh, Sheldon Richardson, who's a former Missouri Tiger, and uh, Miles Garrett out of Texas A&M. They are good, but I wouldn't classify them among the great all-pros. I don't really see Mahomes having a whole lot of difficulty in this one, and when he does, he can scramble so well and throw, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I do not look for the Chiefs to uh, take their foot off the pedal today. I'm going to pick Kansas City to win at 38-17. to Wow. 21-point spread there. Stormy, your thoughts? I think the Chiefs will win, and I'm certainly hoping they win, but I don't think it'll be the blowout everybody thinks it is. I think it'll be closer to 28-24. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Ooh, I think it's going to be closer than we want it to be as well. I'm going to say 42 to 30. All right. I uh, Here I am going to spoil the apple cart. Uh, I'm going to pick the Browns. <laughs> Not because I don't, I don't, I want the Chiefs to win. I think it would be great. I want the Chiefs to win, period. But I, I just have a bad, just going with my gut in this, I have a bad feeling about today's game. I don't like the way the Chiefs have played going into this game. And I like the way the Browns have been playing up to this point. So I'm picking the Browns in a close game, I think frustratingly close, 30 to 27. I want you to keep in mind one thing with your prediction. Okay. Yeah. And of course, that's. What we're doing, we're making predictions. None of us really has a dog in the hunt, so to speak. You guys are all Chiefs fans. I'm not. I'm totally neutral. Uh, what you're neutered? Hmm? Neutered? Is that what you said? Well, I've been on that a long time. Now. <laughs> <laughs> a little tempted humor there, guys. Uh, you have to consider the Cleveland Browns played a team, as we mentioned earlier last week, that is on the downhill slide and, in my opinion, rather precipitously. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Beat them, yes. Had to struggle and hold on at the end to beat them, but beat them they did. They're not playing a team that's on the downhill slide now. They're playing a team that still may has, have not reached their peak. Make a very big difference in the level of competition. And another point to make to that, to go in the Chiefs' favor, is they played them just the week before, too. So, I mean, they'd seen everything Absolutely. pretty much already. So, here we are. We could be back next week. Hopefully we're back next week. If we're not, we will be back sometime in the very near future with our regular Ned Talk show. I want to thank Corbin Campbell, Mike the Intern, Nick Fury, and Scott Meyer. Ned, we'll see you hopefully next Sunday, okay? Hope it is. I think it will be. Stormy, see you later. Everybody have a great day. Josh, roll tide, right? Roll tide, roll. <laughs> Pre-game show is coming your way next right here on 104.7 The Cave.